Talk Radio 96.7. Yeah, Sports Central's on your radio as we talk sports. Brought to you by Fuzzy's Taco Shop. Sitting in the center seat this afternoon, well, that's Josh. <laughs> Good afternoon, sports fans. You're listening to Talk Radio WLKF 96.7 FM and 1430 the AM. We are... Hosting another fantastic show tonight. Um, I got Becky Messina in studio along with Wyatt. How are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good that you call me Wyatt. Oh, He's what? intern Wyatt on the show. Oh, I missed that. Uh, should I do that? I don't want Neil to get upset. Intern Wyatt, how are you doing this evening? Pretty uh, not as good anymore. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Well, let's go back to Wyatt. We want to have a good show. So we have a lot on tap tonight. Um, we're going to start off with some high school sports. Um, then we'll go into the professional sports update, and uh, I'm pretty excited. We have two of our long-term, long-time um, sports executives. Um, it's starting. With, yeah, it's already <laughs> starting. Uh, second segment, we got Norm McLean calling in with the United Flag Football League. In our third segment, we're going to have Mike Knowles with the Florida Half Century. Um, guys calling in with adult softball, so that should be a, uh, a good night of uh, guests. And uh, mm-hmm. let's get on with it with the first segment with – High school football. Uh, so from Winter Haven, John Kostich uh, says that there has been a major change in the way that he reads defenses ever since transferring to Winter Haven. Uh, the former Ridge Community quarterback transferred over the summer to Winter Haven High School along with Coach Carl White, and his goal was to get even better at deciphering different defensive looks despite leading Ridge to a 5-4 and four season with 18 touchdowns, 3 rushing touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and 1,758 p- passing yards. Ooh, John's last season was the county's top passer in yards, was the Ledger's honorable mention selection, a second-team all-district FACA selection, selected as the Ledger's tremendous 10 recipient on October 10th, and was the Max Preps overall player of the game performer from a game against Celebration that resulted in a 28-14 win. We cannot wait to see what John and Coach White have in store for the Winter Haven football team this fall. Yeah, I'm a I'm an Auburndale kid. I grew up a bloodhound, but that's got to be exciting for the Blue Devils to get a little bit of a, a revive, a little bit of a rebuild, see what's what's going to happen this season. I'm I'm looking forward to that. But but speaking of the bloodhounds, Becky, you got something? Yep. So coming out of Auburndale, the senior heavyweight wrestler Nate Gabriel, who was just honored a few times, I think, at the Polk County All mm-hmm. Sports Awards, yeah, and junior Amir Costin are gearing up for the 2023 Fargo Junior Nationals, July 14th to the 22nd in Fargo, North Dakota. That's kind of far. Um, the mini camp is July 15th to the 16th, and the freestyle weigh-ins are Sunday, July 16th. The competition will start. July 17th and go through the 19th. The Greco weigh-ins are July 20th and the competition is July 21st to the 22nd. We want to wish the two of them the best of luck at the Fargo Junior Nationals next week. Hopefully they represent Polk County well. Polk County and then Bloodhounds. Go Hounds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, got to get that in there as an Auburndale kid. Uh, Bouncing over to Lake Wales weightlifting. Uh, During the course... It's During the course of the school early. year, Tayshawn Williams <laughs> gears up his student-athletes to be the ba- best weightlifters that they can possibly be. However, Williams also dedicates his time coaching weightlifters outside of Lake Wales High School. Last month, Williams was the Ledger's 2023 Weightlifting Coach of the Year because he was at the helm of, wakele- of, a, of a Lake Wales High... Oh, God. Why? You wrote it, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Okay, let me restart. The Ledger's 2023 Weightlifting Coach of the Year because he was at the helm of a Lake Wales team that was the District 2A11 and the Class 2A3 Regional Champions. His team was also the County Olympic Champions as well as the runner-up in traditional. In all, he produced 10 state qualifiers, most in the county, four state medals, and was ninth in Olympic competition at state. After accomplishing this, he went right back to his business at Max Effort Training, an Olympic training club that he's been coaching for a year and a half now. Williams athletes from Max Effort just competed in the USA Weightlifting National Championships last week in Colorado Springs. We want to congratulate Tayshawn on a great career as a weightlifting coach and cannot wait to see what he has in store for the future. Yeah, that that's another one that um, pretty much took home uh, all the trophies and awards at the Polk County All Sports Awards back in June. Yeah, he was really nice. Yeah, Deshaun, he um, he's got a lot going on over there in Lake Wells, and um, as uh, successful as they have been, I think that um, you know they're, they're going to keep producing, and I'm, I'm pretty stoked to see what they have to come. But we're going to go on and head into our local college update, and uh, Becky's going to get us kicked off with her alma mater. My favorite place ever, Florida Southern College. Tap, tap, piss, go, mocks. Um, Florida Southern College's baseball's Drew Kavanaugh was selected by the San Francisco Giants in the 17th round of the MLB draft. Kavanaugh was the 510th pick in the draft and is the 130th moccasin to ever be selected in the MLB draft. We want to say congrats to Drew, and we can't wait to see how the rest of his career is going to play out in the MLB. Uh, That's pretty awesome. <laughs> But go ahead. I didn't think you you're off good. there. On to, the, on to the rivals over there at Southeastern. I want to jump over to some Southeastern <laughs> golf news. Uh, yeah. Southeastern University Director of Athletics Drew Watson announced the promotion of David Joyner from interim head coach to full-time head coach of both the men's and women's golf teams. Last year, as the interim head coach, Joyner led both teams to the NAIA championship where the men finished a program best 11th place and the women, and the women finished 8th place. Both of these teams also spent major time ranked top five in the NAIA coaches poll. We want to congratulate David on the promotion, and we cannot wait to watch and see what he does with the team this year. Moving on over to Polk State, uh, we want to remind everyone that the Polk State Train to Compete camp uh, for volleyball will be taking place July 18th to the 20th, so it is coming up this week, and July 25th to 27th. The assistant coach, Diana Barbosa, will be hosting the camp, and it is for female players of all skill levels ages 10 to 16. Yeah, so moving on, um, we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit, get started, uh, and we'll finish this up in the the fourth segment, but we're going to jump into the uh, MLB update. Um, this past week has been a little bit of little interesting news coming out of MLB. Um, we had the Home Run Derby. took place a couple days ago in Seattle, Toronto. Um, the Blue Jays held their first um, event over there with the baseman uh, Vladimir Gr- won the uh, 2023 MLB Home Run Derby. Um, before the Rays outfielder Randy made things interesting, Guerrero prevailed past Randy in the final round with a score of 25-23 to 23 to take home the Derby. So that, that was pretty exciting. Um, we're pretty, pretty stoked about the All-Star game as well. The National League came out with a victory on Tuesday in the 2023 All-Star game. The key moment in this game is when the Colorado Rockies catcher Elias Diaz hit a two-run home run off of Baltimore Orioles closer Felix Batista in the eighth inning to give the National League a lead of 3-2. 
It was more than impressive to watch the game, and it will be interesting to see how teams play now that we are halfway through the season. You got anything to to add to that, Wyatt? Uh, Tyler, I know you're listening on your way home from work. <laughs> oh, God. The Rays are still in second place overall in the league. Go Braves. Awesome. Ooh. So that was a uh, pretty interesting watch. I know a lot of uh, people were um, trying to stay up late to watch that, and um, when they woke up on Wednesday morning, they were pretty stoked to see that the first baseman from the Jays uh, pulled that out. So um, congratulations to Vladimir, and we're looking to see how the rest of the, the season pans out. So moving on, um, we I think we talked about College World Series last year, or excuse me, last week, not last year. That was another one. Um, but um, yeah, we're um, we're pretty uh, pretty on into um, the MLB season, and there's been a lot of changes. I know a lot of people are excited about how the Rays have been going, especially Tyler Cruz had in the office. I think that they're still still pretty viable. The Braves obviously are. Are leading, but um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of baseball left to be played. Well, you know what they say: second place is first loser. And oh, jeez! Oh my God, Tyler's <laughs> gonna come for you. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. I'm Go just Yankees. saying, you know, you made us pack all these bags last week. Yeah. Second place is first loser. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do, what do you want to see out of the Rays moving forward to, to stay on top? Because it's there is a lot of baseball. I will say that the Rays are a very good team. So. Preferably as a Braves fan, what I would want to see is them... To fail. Yeah, lose the rest of their games. <laughs> okay. But that's not going to happen, so I'll expect to see them somewhere in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. What do, what do you think happens if uh, they, they both go to the series? Brave sweep. Bra- sweep? Sweep. Okay. That's very confident. Becky, do you have a, you have a comment on that? Go Yankees. Oh, well, <laughs> they're not doing too well this year. You know what? They're doing better than the Red Sox, and that's all I can really ask for. It's like saying they're doing better than the A's. Yeah. <laughs> that's rough. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Did better than the Browns when they went 0-16 that year, but... Justin yeah. doesn't like it when I talk bad on his Red Sox. It's okay. Strong. Well, we are ending up on our first segment. We're excited about the second one, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, but right now, it's more of Sports Central. Sports Central brought to you by Lucille's American Diner. All right, let's get back to it. In the chairs this afternoon is Becky, Josh, and Wyatt. Good afternoon, sports fans. Like Eric said, you're listening to Sports Central on Talk WLKF 1430 and 96.7 FM. We're excited. We got a pretty, pretty important guest on the line Norm McLean from the United Flag Football League um, had an event last weekend, and I believe he is online. Eric, Norm, are you there? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. How you doing, Norm? How are you doing, bud? Doing wonderful. Just taking it easy after a nice big tournament there in uh, Northeast Regional Park. Yeah, you guys filled up Davenport pretty heavily. I, I saw or heard from a. A uh, little birdie that you guys jumped from an 80-team tournament, which is already a pretty massive flag football tournament, to 100 teams overnight. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we were able to. Uh, there were some some late comers there that uh, we went from 80 to 103 um, in the four-man, five-man, and seven-man um, styles of flag football. Um, really a great turnout. Really good. Uh, had a lot of fun, had uh, four fields running constantly, had the poor refs. They were just 
cooking their feet running from field to field. Man, that's awesome. As as somebody that lives and breathes by the economic impact here, you know, with Visit Central Florida and Visit Central Florida Sports, we love to hear that. And, you know, we, we project, and a lot of times tournaments, you know, come in at, at average level or, or just under. And it's awesome getting word that uh, an event that projected 80 is uh, 20 teams over. So that's – although that can be problematic for our venues and, and make things a little tougher on, on yourself and the refs, um, we absolutely love to hear it. And it's it's good news for our, the local stakeholders, the businesses, restaurants, and hotels. So extra dollars spent, more heads and beds, and more cash registers ringing, as uh, Mark Jackson likes to say. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, and what we like to do, we always plan – um, to make sure we're ready if something like this happens. Um, it's happened to us in the uh, national tournament also. So we're always planning and, and ready. Uh, we're calling in extra refs, um, you know, and the directors are there ready to, to, to pounce on any any uh, problems in scheduling. But, I mean, I'll tell you what, we uh, i got to give it to my director, uh, Jason Smith, out of Charlotte, North Carolina. He came down. And he really uh, put his nose to the grind, and this thing went off flawlessly. I mean, we had a, two lightning delays and uh, actually gave us a, a nice break. Uh, other than that, everything ran really, really smooth. Yeah, you know, and I'll give a big shout-out. I know Ron, those guys did an awesome job. Your staff is always always a great um, great partner to have with for for polk county and, and for the local venues but i, I do want to give a a shout out to the the northeast regional park uh parks and rec staff for the county um ty brackens and and ryan and those guys um they always do an awesome time uh, awesome job and even with the limited time with the the rain delays it's got to be nice um being at northeast regional park with the turf fields um on a normal grass field although it you know it does provide a little bit uh, more of a cushion you know, you're you're stuck. Um, you know, four hours, five hours out sometimes after a heavy rain. Or as at NERP, Northeast Regional Park, for our listeners, you're back playing in 45 minutes. Can you can you speak to that and the differences there? Oh yeah, no. The the turf fields are the way to go. I mean, living in Florida, if you don't plan for rain, you're crazy. Sure. So you know, we're ready for the rain. And with the turf fields, I mean, everybody's just like, okay, well, as long as it ain't lightning, uh, the turf fields are draining. The the, the players love it. Um, th- there's no holdup uh, to whereas grass fields, you know, if you get a good downpour, you got to let it soak in. You got to let it dry up a little bit because you don't want to go out there and tear up the fields and, and ruin them. Sure. So, you know, you have to wait three hours, whereas turf, you're, like you said, Ten minutes after it's done raining, we're out there. I actually, to tell you the truth, we just stay on the field if it's raining uh, and there's no lightning. Um, yeah, because there's it no was risk. A really great weekend. Yeah, yeah. There was no risk, and uh, uh, they played in the rain all morning Saturday morning, and it wasn't until like about one o'clock where we got the lightning delay, uh, and they were like, "Well, you know, we've been playing in the rain already." I said, "No." You can't, can't trust lightning. <laughs> no, but I bet so, you they love that rain, though, boy. That that probably added an element to the tournament that, that they'll remember and take with them for, for years. But, well, you know, it's funny because Sunday was blazing hot, um, not a cloud in the sky, and they were all just looking at each other going, boy, you know, rain is problematic sometimes, but 
I'd take it any time over 109 degrees. Yes, sir. You know? Yes, sir. <laughs> they were like, they really enjoyed Saturday. And uh, Sunday, they enjoyed Sunday. I mean, it was championship Sunday. We uh, we crowned a lot of champions, and um, they were all very happy. And like I said, this is a, uh, a UFFL tournament also. So a lot of the teams are going to be repeats uh, for our national tournament. Well, yeah, that that was leading me to my next question. Could you could you give a little bit for our listeners the difference between the UFFL and the the Florida Flag Football League, and and then and then lead into um, your MLK tournament that's coming up? Yeah, um, Florida Flag Football is uh, has been established since 1968. It was started by a bunch of guys up at FSU that you know, had gotten finished playing football and still wanted to keep playing, and, and they, they came up with the game. It's basically the seven-on-seven practice game that, you know, they did um, when they were playing. Um, and then uh, the UFFL, United Flag Football League, is the national organization. Uh, we travel all over the country, putting on somewhere between uh, 30 to 40 uh, tournaments yearly all over the nation. Um, and it all culminates and they all, all the winners and even, you know, the losers, whatever, everybody gets ranking points and that puts them into the national tournament, which is MLK weekend, um, that we do every year with you. That's awesome. And well, well, we really appreciate the call, Norm. We're getting ready to go to break. We'll certainly have you back on as we get closer to MLK and, we want to promote that large event. We're we're super stoked and and glad that you brought that back to Central Florida for another year. Uh, I think you'll be happy, and I think your your participants will be happy. But but with that, we appreciate the call, and uh, we're going to head on to break, and uh, we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. Let's kick off the second half of Sports Central Talk Radio ninety six point seven. Sports Central brought to you by Jimmy John's Freaky Fast. And with the Freaky Sports, here is Freaky Josh Hicks. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the best callback ever. And you know, Becky dancing over here, Wyatt throwing paper. It's it's a great show tonight. You threw paper and missed. I totally did, but not as bad as that last one. Well, didn't see that. Yeah, that was bad. (laughs) Well, welcome back, sports fans, to talk WLKF in 1430. This is Sports Central, like Eric said. we're having a good old time. Um, we're, we're excited about our next caller, um, our next interviewer, longtime sports executive with Visit Central Florida Sports, has had, has had a long withstanding relationship here in Polk County and has brought a ton of business through Polk. We got Mike Knowles on the line with Florida Half Century. How you doing, Mike? Josh, how are you, sir? Good, good to talk with you. Good to talk with you, too, Mike. I've known you for a long time, and You've always done a lot of great work for Polk County. I know you were an umpire and a coach and have done a lot of things in Polk. You want to give us a quick little background on, on some of the stuff you've done in Polk County? Well, you know, I, I actually met my wife on a blind date in Haines City way back in December of 1971. That's, and we've been married for 51 years uh, here the 29th of this month. Oh, wow. Congratulations, Mike. A long, a long time, a long time. I uh, was a teacher and coach at Lakeland High School in the mid seventies, and then. Uh, uh, That's right. Also, you 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 coached alongside the the great uh, Bill Castle. Bill <laughs> shows my age. Bill uh, had been there a number of years uh, uh, before, but became the head coach there in 1977. Uh, excuse me, 76, and that was his first year head coach, and I was his defensive back coach. 
I was also a baseball coach at that time as well. So we go back a long time. And I will, I don't know if you guys know this yet. Um, we just had our uh, FACA, Florida Athletic Coach Association, a Hall of Fame meetings uh, back in June. And uh, Bill uh, was selected to be going to our Hall of Fame this coming January. Yeah, I did hear that through a little birdie. That's that's awesome. Um, certainly well-deserved. Uh, he's been a long staple in, in not only uh, Lakeland football, but Polk County sports, and I, I don't think anyone's going to top him anytime soon. I don't either. And again, we're close friends, and um, I was I was uh, I was really glad I was fortunate enough to be able to call and tell him all about us. He was actually visiting up in North Carolina. They called me when he got back. So. That's anyway, awesome. that's uh, so, awesome. And I played I played a lot of softball myself as a young, a young man there, uh, living in Haines City in Lakeland, and um, uh, I played college baseball, and then a little bit of pro baseball, and went right into softball. Uh, that seems to be the uh, the normal route for for most baseball players. It's it's a natural progression into into adult softball. And I know we got the the fifties Florida Half Century softball tournament coming up this weekend. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Florida Half Century to start, Mike? Well, good. I'm, uh, we just did a podcast um, on the East Coast a couple months ago about the Florida Half Century history. And I, 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 I dipped, uh, dipped into a lot of the boxes that were given to me when I became the chairman almost seven years ago. And I found some information that told us that uh, Florida Century has been around since, uh, uh, since the 80s. And uh, in the early years, you had a Florida Century, but it was only 50s. And then you had a separate 60s division. And then you had SSU uh, Senior Softball, which became SSUSA. They played their big... Uh, National tournaments there, a world tournament in uh, in February, I believe. But uh, then, uh, as time went on, uh, uh, they joined the 50s and the 60s, and officially started in February of 1988. And uh, at that time, they probably had about 40 teams from around Florida. And uh, through the years, of course, we've grown to now to around 200 teams statewide, and we're the largest senior softball organization in America. Yeah, that's. We're that's, coming in this weekend with sixty-three teams. I was just good Lord Willings and good, uh, good weather. We'll get we'll get all our games in. Yep, yep. Well, you, that's another um, event that we talk about that at the office. That you know, Florida Half Century. It it's certainly by no means a small tournament, but it is consecutively a an economic impact driver for Polk County. You guys come in at least once a month, sometimes two, um, at your height three times a month, whether it's the fifties or sixties. And it's it's guys always willing to, to spend a little money and 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 play the sport they love and and generate some economic impact for Polk County. And the best part about it is, you know, with it being softball and with it being Polk County, there's there's venues all over the county and it, it's spread pretty equally. That I mean, this this weekend we are going to be um, in Mulberry and in Lakeland, um, and then both both North and South Lakeland, which can can be like two separate cities sometimes. I know you guys are at Lois Hart Park in Mulberry. You're at Southwest Park here in, in downtown Lakeland, or excuse me, South Lakeland, and then you're at Walker Road in, in North Lakeland. So it's um, it, it really is spreading the love. Well, we also, of course, play in Winter Haven at Diamond Flicks there. We play at Auburndale. Sure. Uh, occasionally the new baseball facility up there in uh, Davenport. So, yeah, we get around a lot of places, but we're very, very happy uh, with the way we're treated uh, most of people don't know that you were my main contact for, for many years in Polk County. And uh, you uh, uh, always had a great relationship. 
And we have 14 of our 24 tournaments are in Polk County. And we also hold a, a, a statewide umpires clinic last Saturday in, um, in February right there in Polk County as well. So we're over there quite a bit. Now, you mentioned the economic con, uh, con, uh, uh, impact on the community. This weekend with 63 teams, we'll bring in about $250,000 for the community. Yep. And uh, about every you know, if you, about every 10 that you join uh, is, is probably, you know, several thousand dollars as well. So we'll in the in the in January, we'll have a couple of tournaments when all the snowbirds are back and and everybody's uh, uh, anxious to get on new teams in the 50s and so on. We'll have a couple of 90 team tournaments. Oh, yeah. And they'll bring in close to four hundred thousand dollars in, in impact money for the community uh, through that time. Because a lot of times these guys will come in on Thursday, or at least Friday morning, say Friday night and Saturday night. Yep. And, um, yeah. And, make a good weekend of it. Yeah, and those those were some of those uh, months where you'd reach out and go, "Hey, Josh, we're going to need another venue." So, um, yeah. Not only does it add additional economic impact and revenue for the county, but it, it also you know goes back to what we were talking about with spreading the wealth. We end up getting another another city and another venue involved because. Um, you know, we need another four diamonds or another five diamonds in some cases when you when you get a twenty team bump. So, those are the kind of uh, tournaments we absolutely love. And and I know our our venue operators, our parks and rec departments, you know, they they do a lot for us. Um, we do all kinds of random events. Obviously, softball, soccer, and baseball were always our our bread and butter. Um, Neil likes to joke that if it's more morally and ethically sound, we will recruit it. But um, I know I know our venue operators um, truly love working with you, Mike. Um, they they talk about your your organization as a whole, the Florida Half Century um, spectators and participants. They they truly treat the venue with respect, and I think that a lot of our business owners and local stakeholders would uh, would agree with that. Well, thank you for the kind of words. We've got a ten member board, and everybody's busy. Uh, my board members are spread out all over Florida. You know, we have three three reasons. Southeast Florida, Southwest, Northeast Florida, and Northwest Florida, that sort of thing. We even go up, go up into Georgia for several counties, and we even have a few players uh, from uh, uh, Buford, South Carolina. They, you know, they, they come down, to, they, they would not miss a tournament, so they, they're great members of Florida Centric. But yeah, it takes a lot of people. Uh, uh, my umpire-in-chief, you know, he, he's got over oh, between 80 and 90 umpires. Uh, that's a big job in itself. I've got uh, several guys that that do two jobs. They may be a board member. They also might be a site director or a commissioner. So yeah, it takes a um, it takes a lot of people to run just a single tournament. Yeah, you mentioned that you know we we go out of our way to host the umpire training facility, which on its own creates economic impact. But we also do that you know in Business Central Florida Sports. We understand um, the product and and how to create retention and and for softball like baseball and other sports, um, umpires can really be a big you know, portion of that product. And if, if your umpires aren't trained correctly and aren't doing what they're supposed to, it, it can, it can really put a damper on the word of mouth and on the full, you know, the overall event experience, um, for those tournament goers. And obviously we don't want them leaving a Florida half century tournament, um, you know, with a bad taste in their mouth. And we certainly don't want them to leave a Polk County venue, um, with a bad taste. And I think you guys have always done a great job at reinvesting in your umpires and, and that that overall product and making you know making a great experience for those guys. Well, thank you. We do work very hard at clinicking, and I, uh, not just myself, but we have uh, uh, several members on the board that are uh, high school or even collegiate officials, and uh, 
we, we know the importance of continuous training. Listen, no, everybody, we're human. Uh, just even watching the, the, the pros, pros make mistakes. Sure. Uh, and, and I learned this a long time ago as a parent and also as a coach that uh, participants and people in the stands look at the look at a close play with their heart, not with their head sometimes. Sure. And so there really? some dis, some disagreements, uh, but as long as we keep it respectful, then we don't have any problems. Yeah. Well, well, Mike, we really appreciate the call, and uh, we've had a great time talking to you. we got to get ready for break, and we'll certainly have you back on. Good luck this weekend. Fingers crossed for some great weather. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mike Knowles with Florida Half Century. We're headed to break. We'll see you back at the fourth segment. Talk Radio 96.7. Fourth and final segment of this afternoon's Sports Central. Sports Central brought to you by Go Juice. In the chairs are Wyatt, Josh, and Becky. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to our last segment of Talk Radio 1430 WLKF 96.7 FM. You're listening to Sports Central. We're pretty uh, pretty happy with that last caller. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Mike Knowles. What do you guys think about that guy? It's pretty fun. I like listening to his story. Yeah. Becky started crying when he talked about his wife. I thought that was... That was so sweet. Yeah, that was pretty nice. Married for 51 years? That's crazy. Yeah, Mike's, Mike's a good guy. Well, let's uh, get on to our MLB, or excuse me, not our MLB, our professional update. We'll start um, with the PGA update. The John Deere Classic um, was played last week. It came out um, Sepp Straka. I'm probably saying that wrong. What do you think there, Wyatt? You're all good. Um, from Austria, came out with the win uh, with a score of just under 21. That sounds insane. That's is that that's pretty good, right? Uh, well, it's over four days, but that is a insane uh, score to score on that course because I believe the par was maybe 69 and not 70 like normal. Oh, okay. So that makes it's more a sense. little bit of a harder course, but minus 21 is real good. Following that were uh, two Americans uh, in second, Brendan Todd and Alex Smalley, both finishing. 19 under on the weekend in third place with 18 under on the weekend was Adam Shank. Uh, but starting today was the Scottish Open, That's and right. in first place we have a guy f- out of Japan. I'm gonna let you pronounce this one, and I'm gonna shoot for it. <laughs> An Byung Hoon yeah. is in first place right now, under nine through uh, the first. Uh, Davis Riley's in second, following with under seven. USA, USA, and Thomas Detry out of Germany is in third with six under on the day. Is my boy Brooks playing? I don't. I didn't. I don't see believe him right so. Away. He's not on the top twenty. Yeah, he's definitely not doing good if he is. Oh. That's unfortunate. Roy McIlroy is. It looks like he's a top four. He actually. He looks like he's tied for third. It's yeah, negative six. A so couple over there. Yeah. So I think he was the favorite going into it. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big purse at, at nine million. They're going to be pretty um, pretty cutthroat over the next couple of days. It'd be fun to to watch how that shakes out. Um, Moving on, I know the last couple of weeks we've been hitting on um, the NFL. I know we're all excited for it to come back. Um, we keep talking about DeAndre Hopkins. We'll just give a quick update on that. The Bills recently came out and reported that they're still interested, but it seems like Mr. Hopkins is asking for uh, a significant amount of money. What do you got to say about that, right? You're smiling. Way too large of a sum of money for oh. what he is at the moment. He's a little. He's getting a little old, but... Uh, he says he wants to win a ring, and if he wants to do that, he needs to uh, lower his asking price. 
Yeah. And of course, we've been talking about this for weeks. So, I mean, y'all get the story by now. DeAndre Hopkins needs to sign somewhere. He's interested in the Pats and Titans, but they're also the people that can offer him the most. But uh, moving on to the NBA, Damian Lillard is still uh, is has still requested a trade from the Portland Trailblazers. He uh, does not have a trade clause, so that means he has no control over where he will go. But he wants to go to Miami, and I just saw yesterday that somebody posted on Twitter, uh, Eric Spolstra, the mm-hmm. Miami head coach, is flying into Portland today. Uh-oh. So Drama. We'll see what's happening. It probably means nothing, but we'll see what happens with that. Start Started in the film room watching film, and now he gets to fly everywhere and recruit players. You get that one guy, what's his name? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, LeBron James, and now you look like an all-star coach. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you, you can tell how I feel about Eric Spolster. But, yeah, moving on, um, we do have some upcoming events this weekend. Uh, starting today, actually, the YBOA Youth Basketball of America Boys National um, Finals is kick. It's not final. Excuse me. First week is kicking off at the Avent Health Fieldhouse. Um, that's that's going to go from July 13th um, all the way through Sunday, um, the 16th. So we're we're pretty excited about that. The, there's actually going to be a two week long basketball tournament. Boys from all over the country will be coming in um, to compete in Winter Haven. Moving on to Waba Battle of the Best is happening July 14th to July 16th at Lake Myrtle Baseball. Parks. There are about seven hundred plus people projected to be there. Uh, moving on from that, Polk County seven v seven flag football tournament, uh, July fifteenth through July seventeenth at Myrtle Sports Park. Yep, and that's actually a collaboration with us, the Florida um, Athletic Association, and the Polk County School Board. Um, we're pretty excited about that event at Lake Myrtle Sports Park. Um, there should be. Quite a bit of talent from the the high school flag football teams. We we just got off a call with Mike, so I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, at least uh, announce it one more time. Florida Century 50s tournament will be held at Lois Southwest Park and Walker Road um, coming up this weekend as well. YBOA Boys Nationals Week 2 is kicking off July 16th to the 19th at Avent Health Fieldhouse and the Lake Eva Gym. And lastly, we've got USA Floorball Camp and USA Floorball Youth Nationals happening July 20th to the 24th. Yep, and then that wraps up our show for the, the night, guys. I want to thank everybody for listening. For more information on these events that Becky mentioned, go to visitcentralfloridasports.com or visitcentralflorida.org. You guys have a great evening. <laughs> <laughs>